Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. Great news, folks. Due to overwhelming demand, Truck Month has been extended at Taylor Auto Mall. With 0% financing available on all new 2019 Chev Silverado and GMC Sierra, as well as SUVs such as Tahoe, Yukon, Buick Encore Envision and Enclave, and GMC Acadia, now is the time to come in and check out our incredible selection. And always remember, whether you live 15, 30, or 45 minutes away, at Taylor Auto Mall, we will not be undersold by anybody on any maker model, I guarantee it. Hey, welcome to uh, Kingston of Sports, the weekly look at uh, sports with my co-host Kyle Campo and brought to you by the Taylor Auto Mall. Uh, thank you, Taylors. And uh, Kyle, welcome back. Uh, it's been a pretty busy week in sports. Yeah, it's been great. It's a lot going on. And NHL playoffs continuing, yep. NBA playoffs going, and a lot of local stuff on the scene as well. Well, let's start with the local stuff. And I think the uh, thing that sort of caught everybody off guard uh, late yesterday was announced by Queen's Athletics that uh, after 37 years, Dave Wilson will be stepping away from the women's basketball program. And uh, uh, I know you're around Queens uh, doing a lot of broadcasting, but uh, so your, your thoughts on, 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 on Dave, I, a pretty special guy. Yeah. Not just a special, special guy, a great coach as well. And a, and a good leader, not just uh, in the kind of the Queens community, but outside of that as well, throughout the OUA and throughout U sports, one of the most respected guys. And anytime I did any media spots for Queens and, and being able to interact with Dave, it was always a great positive interaction. And uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly going to be around that program and in that building i love watching him coach because uh you know basketball coaches to me are, are much are the most animated coaches uh of any coach of the sport that i really follow and dave very quiet though i mean he's a guy that uh doesn't get too excited but when he has something to say it's it's amazing the referees listen yeah i think he lets the players kind of dictate a lot and he he is doing more of the x's and o's stuff and allows kind of his assistant coaches to be the ones who are getting the girls all riled up but yeah. you're ready you've certainly seen him in situations where he's trying to get his point across and that's exactly what you need out of your out of your coach being able to kind of step up and, and vocalize your concerns at times when is necessary, but also just letting the game kind of dictate itself and allowing the players on the court um, to be able to kind of run the show. Yeah, and I, I think with the refs, he uh, I sort of walks softly but carries a big stick kind of guy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he was great. So disappointing news, certainly, to to hear Dave's retiring, uh, especially as we mentioned uh, off air, Tim, that they're hosting nationals upcoming, yeah, yeah. and yeah, we'll a little bit of that. a surprise. But uh, yeah, well, just going over Dave, uh, you know, I wrote some stuff down: three hundred eighty-five career wins, OUA title in two thousand, two thousand one, OUA Coach of the Year four times. In twenty seventeen, he was the CIS or the sorry, excuse me, the U Sports Coach of the Year. Uh, they went to nationals. Uh, he has all kinds of. Uh, he's been all kinds of committees he's on the two thousand seven Coach of the World University Games team. Uh, he's been an assistant coach. Um, the, the accolades go on and on and on, but I think the one thing that really stands out, and this is very important, uh, being a former university coach, uh, his graduation rate was a 100%. Yeah, it's certainly a, that's the student-athlete part of it, and not only are you preparing them, and, and having them kind of build and develop characteristics throughout their sporting career, uh, but also being able to transfer that over and into the academic side of things, and seeing a lot of the stories and messages posted yesterday from some of the former players of his just talking about how much of a leader he was yeah. and how much he empowered kind of the the female athletes that played for him to become better people and not just 
athletes on the floor and, and some who may have gone on to play pro and some who've gone on to better, bigger and better things after their university sporting career, but just how much of them became better people as a result of playing for him. Well, my favorite basketball player of all time is my niece, Liz Bogue. And uh, Liz, uh, I know he had had a, a, a huge impact on her life and she's gone on to a great success uh, post-Queens. And, and uh, um, I, I think there was a, because that team was, they were together so much. I mean, they, they, people don't understand. I mean, this is a team that worked out through the summer. They, for the, for, you know, for, I always say for the amount of in-season games they played, the amount of work that went into it is amazing. And uh, he really created a family with these girls. Certainly did. And those were, there were a couple of years there when I was back in Kingston, when the women's basketball team was up there as one of the best teams in the country. And a lot of that went to the, the, the amount of work that they put in working with each other. Yeah. And you can certainly tell that they were not only playing for the university, but playing for each other on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, James Bramberry is going to take over as the interim coach. Uh, the, the press release, uh, and I'm going to actually have a ch- chance to talk with Dave uh, later today for an article, uh, not for a podcast. But uh, they're hanging the interim tag on James and saying that they're not going to go and uh, search for a full-time head coach. Uh, James is a full-time assistant coach, uh, but they're not going to do the start the search for another year till March of 2020. That's a little unusual, I think, because it, there's a danger there in hanging an interim tag on somebody. Certainly is, especially if you're you're looking towards next season, and especially again hosting nationals and having you know a lot of expectations heading into next season. Uh, but I think at this point, if they were deciding to make that coaching change, it might be a little too late. Yeah, I, I suppose to... people that yeah, we saw, I mean, there's a, there was a, there's a change at Carleton. You know, jobs came open as soon as the season was over, so jobs have filled. So I guess they want the pool to be bigger. Yeah, I think a little bit delayed right now in terms of um, who they would have potentially coming in to see and, and, and take some interviews for that vacancy. I think it's going to be a, certainly a, a really popular position. It's obviously one that hasn't come up in 37 years. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. 37 years. 37 I years. Mean, uh, that's Frank, that's, you know, Frank Tintle territory. Yeah, a lot of the longevity and, yeah. you know, looking back at Brenda Willis, who was there for over 30 yeah. plus years and uh, looking at some of the other coaches at Queens that have been here for so long, Dave McDowell as well yeah. from women's soccer. Wow, that's right. So a lot of long-term coaches for Queens and looks as though some of them are, are, are making the waves in terms of uh, a new direction change with some of the programs. So looking at obviously men's volleyball, women's basketball, men's football. Um, so perhaps maybe some others on the horizon as yep. well, but uh, you know, happy to have those ones who've continued to serve long-term for, for Queens and, and their respective programs. Well, 37 years is a great run and congratulations to Dave. And we'll have an article in the uh, Kingstonist uh, regarding this. And, and Kyle, you're, you're involved with uh, high school sports. You, you, uh, you're coaching uh, boys soccer? Yes, yeah, senior boys soccer at KCBI. It's my uh, seventh year wow. from coach at KC. Yeah. And season underway? Uh, season's underway. Yep. We uh, got underway on Monday. Um, because of the, the way that the schedule works in terms of field availability and grass fields not necessarily being in great shape, uh, both boys and girls are playing on opposite days right now. As the season shifts over, they'll be on the same day once grass fields become available. So you're playing at Caraco mostly? or We have been playing all over the city. So okay. Richardson, uh, M- uh, Miklas McCarney, yeah. uh, Invista, and as well as uh, uh, Machen Field over on Highway 15. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those yeah, are the yeah. main turf fields. Tyndall's obviously unavailable right now in yeah. terms of being able to host games. Uh, but yeah, the season got underway for uh, boys and girls soccer on Monday. And there were a couple of games throughout the course of this week. Uh, obviously, with with Good Friday and Easter Monday, there's not going to be games until next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, and rugby gets underway next Friday. 
my son Will is coaching baseball at uh, Regi, and they, they, I, I don't, the schedule's not out yet. So no, I think baseball yeah. is still a little bit in the in, in the, the mix, and then yeah. they'll have tryouts upcoming. I'm sure that they. Well, they're doing tryouts now, but I know with the baseball season, it's like they play all their their season within about two weeks. Oh yeah, I mean, it's pretty they pretty play, long jam. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so we'll have a lot of stuff in the Kingsness, and Frank Halligan has been great uh, uh, with getting us information. And Bob Mullen is the. Uh, is involved as well. And Molly, uh, um, longtime teacher and uh, uh, still with the University of Toronto Blues football program. So, but, but still helping out. So, yeah, there should be a lot of exciting, yeah. a lot of exciting teams and players and not just uh, soccer and rugby. There'll be track and field to, to look at as well. And there's even lacrosse. So yeah. A lot to look forward to. Absolutely. So we'll have a lot of that. So let's to turn to uh, the NHL playoffs and a couple of surprises this week. Tampa Bay goes out in four. Pittsburgh goes out. I wasn't shocked that Pittsburgh went out in four. That's a team that I think is getting old before our eyes. But Tampa was certainly a shock. And I don't buy into this theory that they didn't play any meaningful games all year. They played 82 meaningful games. They just weren't very good they, the last couple of weeks. They didn't look good at all heading into – well, they, they were okay heading into the playoffs, but yeah. did not show up at all for – it didn't seem like for any stretch of time, other than that three nothing lead to start game one, where yeah. it looked as though they were going to go through the the lightning are being the lightning. They're the president's president's trophy winners for a reason. Yeah, they didn't look good at all. And as we talked about last week, Tim, looking at Bobrovsky as in the in the Columbus goal was going to be key for them. But some of their other guys really stepped up, and yeah. even guys that they acquired like Matt Duchesne had a really strong series. Ryan Dezingle did uh, serviceable as we would expect from him. But then some of their other guys at like Cam Atkinson and. Uh, um, Artemi Panera and those guys really stepped up and looked really strong and made Tampa Bay look pedestrian. And I think not having Nikita Kucherov in for that one game was huge. And, and Hedman and and Hedman yeah. Hedman was a huge loss. But then the suspension from Kucherov, I yeah. think, just really deflated the team and didn't look as though they were up for it at all. Well, and you know, it wasn't like Columbus was on a rip for for a month and a half. I mean, they they ripped it up the last. Uh, the last 10 days, a couple of weeks, but, but still they just, uh, just, just seemed like a much more determined team. And they had a lot on the line. I mean, they, they, there were people's jobs in the line because of what they did to go out and get to single and to Shane at the, at the deadline. They, they, and they, you know, not dealing Bobrovsky, uh, who's going to be UFA at the end of the season. A lot of people's uh, ringers are, uh, um, Next are in the ringer. Yeah, I think Tortorella was really feeling the sweat yep. as well. And, you know, he's a guy that's obviously pretty emotional and pretty heated all the time. <laughs> but um, I think he was certainly feeling the pressure and uh, general manager was feeling the pressure based on making all those moves. Yep. People thought that maybe wasn't the wasn't the year for Columbus to make those moves and sell the future, but certainly paying Paid off, off so right far. now and yep. looking quite strong. And, uh, yeah, I think that they really took it to, to Tampa Bay. And some people are are already coming out and saying, well, you know, that's a one and done type thing for Columbus. They're going to lose to whoever comes out of that Boston Toronto series, but I, you know, like they, a strong team. Look at Columbus market here. I said it here. Columbus matches up well to the Leafs. I, I don't really know much uh, how they match up with, with uh, Boston, but uh, they will give the Leafs fits if, if that's who they, if that's who actually ends up playing in the second round. Want to get your, want to get your thoughts on something that happened earlier this week uh, in the Columbus, uh, in the Carolina Washington series, uh, the fight between uh, Alex Ovechkin and Andre Svetsnikov. Svetsnikov, former OHL player, played for Barry last year. I played against the Kingston Frontenacs in the playoffs. And I'm going to give you my take on it. And then you tell me if I, I'm nuts, but um Svechnikov is a kid that, uh, when he was in the OHL, was undisciplined and sort of ran around. Incredible talent. But he was a little undisciplined. And you could see in the first game, like he was goading, uh, uh, in my opinion, goading uh, Ovechkin on. And then when you say to somebody in the playoffs, let's go, 
you better buckle up, sweetheart, because it's coming. And and he got it from a guy that's not a fighter. But um, uh, and I know people people are outraged by this. But if you ask for it, careful what you ask for. Hundred percent, I yeah. totally agree. I think that he was, you know, as you mentioned, it throughout his junior career was somebody who not an agitator per se, but somebody who was a little bit reckless and yeah. somebody who reckless is the best word. Yeah, yeah. And I think that heading into and, and playing in the the Stanley Cup playoffs is a totally different beast. And when you go up against somebody like. Alex Ovechkin, who plays probably with the most passion among anyone I think I've seen in the NHL in quite some time. Um, you know, he's a pretty polarizing player in that sense, but really plays every shift like it's his last. And he's somebody that really, really loves the game. And if you're going to go at somebody and, you know, you're going to, you know, run your mouth a little bit towards somebody of and that say, caliber. Let's go. Yeah. And you're the one that, inst- not instigate, but, it, you know set the platform for what the yep. fight's going to be. And then <laughs> well, the people have to understand the level of how badly people want to win and what they'll do to win. And, and, and Ovechkin showed it and Shvechnikov needs to change his technique when it comes to fighting, I think. I think but, it led to yeah. some, some pretty uh, interesting storylines to follow up. Did you see Shvechnikov's brother yeah. following up as well? <laughs> threatening, the, uh, threatening. I'm careful old, with that. The old uh, nightmare on Elm street yeah, yeah. Uh, follow up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, Shvechnikov, I recall, uh, I was doing a game in, uh, in Mississauga last year and, uh, Shvechnikov the night before and the NHL scouts, we were all chatting before the night before Shvechnikov had taken a run at somebody and, and, and the guys were all, were all saying to a man, you know, incredible talent, but you know, just, just, you can't control them. Yeah. So, and then great season, 20 goals in the NHL, but, but has to understand that, uh, you know, the, the, the playoffs are a much different beast. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that there maybe there will be something to answer for uh, the two teams, you know, playing off yeah, we'll again see. tonight. So we'll see exactly yeah. what happens. But I don't think Alex Ovechkin's anyone who's going to back down no, from anything, not, and, and he ain't scared either. No, <laughs> and I don't expect even a guy like Tom Wilson, who's the team's enforcer, to step in and be yeah. be well, the guy to interfere. Well, that's the let... whole thing. It wasn't like Tom Wilson went after this right. guy. It was it was their it was their number one player that 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 Shvetsnikov challenged. So. And the three anyway. the three time reigning Richard Trophy winner who <laughs> scores over fifty goals a year. And so other series, uh, you know, Nashville and Dallas tied at two. That's going to be a good one. Winnipeg, St. Louis, Winnipeg, that was surprised. Winnipeg came back. Sort of surprised that that uh, Calgary isn't uh, doing as well, but that, that's not over yet. But the one everybody's talking about, obviously, La, the, the Leafs in, in Boston. And uh, I think this is one of these series where every game is going to be so different. There's no carryover from game to game. No, certainly not. And then we've seen that already so far. We see a game where... Freddie Anderson plays perhaps his best of the season and the team still gives up four goals and they lose. Uh, and then maybe the next game through where some of their fourth liners are the guys scoring goals. Obviously, Austin Matthews got a goal in yeah. that in that 3-2 uh, win in, in game four, or sorry, in game three. But, uh, you know, seeing guys like Mitch Marner laying out for blocking two shots to, to finish off the game in game three to preserve a win, it just shows that you're right. Things are going to be different from game to game. Someone different is going to step up. Um, but I think that's that's a series that's destined for seven games. Yeah, because last night, the game four was so different from game three. The Leafs, I believe, in game three were able to use their speed uh, that, uh, you know, with Boston, you can't you can't hit what you can't catch. But but somehow Boston was able to neutralize that last night. And the Leafs were horrible on their penalty kill and on, and on special teams. That, that And that's, you know, something you got to have in the postseason. Yeah, for sure. And then you see someone like Zidane Chara, who's been... <laughs> The narrative of this entire series, he's terrible in the games that the Leafs have won. And then last night really steps up, gets his feet back, and 
uh, and even puts he's, in a goal from the back. He's pretty good for a guy that's 78 years old, still playing <laughs> in the NHL. But uh, and uh, in the OHL, I know you don't you're not you don't follow like I do, <laughs> but uh, Ottawa and Oshawa kick off tonight uh, in the uh, Eastern Conference Final. Oshawa defeated the Niagara Ice Dogs. Four games to two. Niagara, you know, made the trade with Kingston for Jason Robertson and, and Jacob Paquette and uh, 18 million draft picks. They also made a huge trade with Oshawa for their two best players and lost in fourth street. And they are getting murdered on social media in the St. Catharines area. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and rightfully so. You know, you, you go in as we talked last week about how the OHL is a little bit different than the NHL or teams will will go all in and they'll yes. try to... Uh, more so than than in the NHL, yeah. where there's a lot more carryover. These are guys that are leaving this league, you know, perhaps a year after this these these big trades are made. So, it it really is interesting to see how much teams go all in and, and what exactly becomes of that. Like when the Frontenacs a couple of years ago went in and Did got it. Michael Del Call, they got they brought in a number of other guys to to join that team to make a push. And then when they fall up short, there's a little bit of backlash. There is, and with with Niagara, you have to remember they were uh, found to have uh, tried to illegally compensate a player, and they have they, they've they're going to lose. They lose a. They had lost two first round draft picks. One was given back, so they got to use that this year. But they lose a draft pick in, in a first round pick in a couple of years, and that those those that for those first round picks in the OHL are uh, so inv- like they they're your future. It's yeah. You know, imagine not because. OHL teams are not allowed to trade OHL for first round picks. So, yeah, yeah, they're oh, screwed. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> makes a difference. And then, uh, yeah, as you said, yeah. n- losing those picks and, and not being compensated and getting them back, you know, not Oof. only are you are you wagering and, and trying to market the future now um, by yeah. getting rid of all those guys and trying to bring in some players, but also now for the future. And the, the rumor is that the Ice Dogs are for sale. So, anybody uh, with about 14 million bucks uh, laying around, you want to own an OHL team? Uh, I think you we can, can pitch in. I, I can uh, hook you up. And then in the uh, the west uh, side, uh, Saginaw Guelph. Guelph was down three nothing to London uh, in the uh, conference semifinal. Won four in a row. Won game seven the other night in London. They're going to play Saginaw, and um, uh, I've picked Saginaw to win uh, the whole league. So I got Saginaw on that one. And then finally, uh, the Napanee Raiders uh, play the Grimsby Peach Kings in the Schmaltz Cup final. Say that ten times really quickly. <laughs> It might be tough to pull yeah, off. Yeah. Kids, if you want to go to broadcasting school, say <laughs> yeah. Grinsby Peach King Schmaltz Cup Final. Uh, it starts uh, Friday night, April 19th uh, in Napanee at the Strathcona Center. Napanee will have the have has game the, the home ice advantage. Their games are April 19th, 26th. Uh, game 5 is on the 30th and Game 7, if necessary, on May 5th. But uh, we'll have more on that. And good luck to the uh, Napanee Raiders as they start on the Schmaltz Cup Final. Yeah, it should be exciting to yeah. watch. Uh, again, with not a lot of, of local flair going on. Queen's a season over. Frontenac yeah. season obviously didn't go according to plan and um, we lost our other team we lost the voyagers so might be interesting for yep. for hockey fans locally if they yeah. get tired of watching some of the nhl playoffs for a night to maybe go out and support the napanee raiders at the strathcona paper center i can tell you they'll get there early because the game time uh fr- friday night is at 7 30 and it's uh they they're gonna pack the barn so get there early Kyle, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be we'll do this again next week. Uh, we did this on a Thursday because of the Good Friday holiday, and uh, enjoy uh, watching sports uh, over the next week. And you as well, and happy Easter, and have a great weekend. All right, buddy, you too. Take care. Thanks.